Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Paolilio will not seek re-election by Joanna K. Zavallis. Selectman Vice Chairman uh, Mark Paolilio told the Citizen Herald January 8th he will not seek re-election to a fourth term in the upcoming town election on April the 2nd. He had served as a selectman since 2010. He said it was a very difficult decision. It's hard to walk away. There are so many things to continue to work on, but I feel nine years is enough, said Paolilio. He said he would like to give someone else the opportunity to step in and run, although he will miss the people and the work he was doing. It's been a privilege to serve, and I'll miss the day-to-day involvement of helping govern the town. Last weekend, he decided to make the decision to spend more time with his family. He said he is proud of what he has accomplished and feels it is a good time for him to leave. I've done everything I've wanted to do as a member of the board and uh, with other members and town administrators and department heads, he said. He knows the current board and town administrator are strong. Nine years is enough to serve for anyone he said. Paolilio was raised in Belmont and raised his own family in Belmont. Prior to serving as a selectman, Paolilio served as a member of the Warrant Committee from 2004 to uh, 2010. Prior to that, he served on the Traffic Advisory Committee, Community Preservation Act Committee, and was a town meeting member for Precincts 3 and 8. Town Administrator Patrice Garvin said she could always look uh, to Paolilio for history and guidance on town issues. She said it would be a loss to the town. Mark is very fair, logical, and good-natured. I always know where I stand with him, and he always had an ear for an issue or concern, said Garvin. Selectman, uh, Selectman Chairman Adam Dash said he is disappointed to learn the news but understands because being a selectman is not an easy job. It has always been, he has always been on the top of the town's financials and asked probing questions about them. Mock felt strongly that the will of the people had to be followed and that public money had to be wisely spent, uh, said Dash. There are many accomplishments Paolilio said he is proud of One is helping with the creation of the first financial task force, which developed a multi-year strategic financial and capital improvement plan. He was also involved with the spearheading for the $4.5 million operating override, the first one in 13 years. Other accomplishments he is proud of include securing support for the Underwood Pool Project, which replaced the historic 100-year-old pool helping with the development of the Belmont Light substation, improving communication and transparency 
with Belmont residents by directing town employees to be responsive to resident inquiries, enhancing the town website and social media outreach efforts, and establishing precinct meetings. Paolilio was also involved with forming the Community Path Advisory Committee, Community Path Implementation Advisory Committee, and now the Community Path Project Committee. He has contributed to getting the police, public works, library, and skating facilities in Belmont renovated or reconstructed. According to Dash, Paolilio was instrumental in solving the issue of how to fix the police station and DPW yard without the need for a debt exclusion. Paolilio was also proud of improving communication and collaboration with the school department and school committee on the annual budget process by establishing a one Belmont, one budget approach to budgeting. Another project he helped with is the redevelopment and improvement of Belmont Center. He also helped increase funding for road and sidewalk repairs. He plans to remain involved in town government and will run for town meeting for Precinct 8. He is a member of the Belmont Women's Club and would like to get more more with the youth and senior members of the Belmont community, he said. And now over to my colleague, Claire. Thank you, Bob. Landlords fear rent control in proposal. Law aims to protect elderly tenants in the city. By Jonathan Ng. Property owners are gearing up for a fight against what they say is a return of rent control as Mayor Martin J. Walsh files legislation he's touting as a way to protect elderly renters in the city. If passed, the legislation prepared by Walsh would limit rent increases to 5% per year to prevent landlords from using large rent increases to get around just cause protections, according to a description of the proposal. Quote, that sounds like rent control, said Douglas Quattrochi, executive director of Mass Landlords, an organization that represents more than 1,400 landlords in the state. Limiting increases is a form of rent control, and it'll create a shortage for people to find a place to live if enacted. When someone gets in through rent control, the tenants will never leave. The Walsh administration defended the proposal. We're seeing many elders lose their home and ones that they have been able to enjoy for decades, said Sheila Dillon, the city's housing chief. So we feel very strongly this is a very, very vulnerable population that needs to be protected. The proposal would protect senior tenants 75 years or older against arbitrary, unreasonable, discriminatory, and retaliatory evictions. If passed, the law would only allow eviction for cases such as failure to pay rent or damage to the property. The lead-up to these draft bills the last months to three months was sitting down with the affordable housing advocates, the jobs folks, and really figuring out what is more important and what we think we can get past, said Dylan. I'm feeling very optimistic that we've developed reasonable, rational, well-thought-through bills. Quattrochi, however, said the proposal was not developed with input from the property owners that he represents. 
We were not invited to the room on these discussions, said Petrucci. He added that any form of rent control would galvanize the landlords to oppose it. Kathy Brown, executive director at Boston Tenant Coalition, a nonprofit that promotes affordable housing and expanding the rights of tenants, said renters who make up the majority of Boston residents need protection. Rent protection is the number one thing that is said at every community meeting when talking about housing crisis and families impacted by it, said Brown. Boston's approach in this legislative package is twofold, said Dillon. We really do need to generate additional resources for the creation of affordable housing, and we've been doing an admirable job adding to our affordable housing stock. But the mayor and all of us will say that until we have enough affordable housing for everyone, we need to make sure that residents of Boston are protected and that they can stay in their homes. That's the bottom line. Thank you, and over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Housing Authority Plans cha Plan Changes by Sam Buckerman. Tucked away between Thayer Road and Sycamore Street, Sherman Gardens is home to many elderly and disabled residents. The Belmont Housing Authority, which manages Sherman Gardens, believes an update is needed for the units, which haven't been changed since being built in 1971. The Housing Authority request issued a Request for Proposals, RFP, last month to, to hire a planning consultant to develop a renovation plan for Sherman Gardens. The contract has been awarded to Leonardi Array Architects, LLC, with E3 Development, LLC, who's expected to begin work in early January. Executive Director Jacqueline Martin said the proposal is laying foundations for foundations. In other words, the first step in planning such a large renovation is finding a planning consultant to help the Housing Authority create a plan. Gloria Leipzig, treasurer of the Belmont Housing Authority, says the end goal will be to renovate the 80 units at Sherman Gardens. We want to make them more accessible for the elderly and disabled while creating additional affordable units, she said. Leipzig said the Housing Authority wants to make improvements to meet ADA standards and update community facilities like storage, parking, and trash placement that do not meet the needs of an 80-unit complex. Addition additionally, non-compliant sidewalks, poor lighting, and poor railings are issues of concern. Maureen Watson, whose father is a current resident at Sherman Gardens, says poor railings make it difficult for her father to enter and leave his apartment. He's been living with these conditions for over a year now, she said. The problems won't be resolved anytime soon. Why isn't this a priority? It's a designated elderly and disabled housing, but really nothing about these places are handicap accessible, said Watson. Despite these complaints, Martin said most of the problems with the railings were fixed after a contractor. While the old metal railings were being rebuilt, temporary wooden railings were put in place, but Watson is still unsatisfied. A day after Watson complained about the railings, a contractor was called to fix them. Although she appreciated the quick actions, Watson says she wonders why the Housing Authority was unable to find a problem beforehand. If the contractor was there within a day, why weren't they there days, weeks, months before, she said. Although the Housing Authority was able to fix the railings quickly, there were still concerns about the quality of the work. Rich McLean, brother-in-law to Watson, a construction superintendent for an asphalt and concrete co 
contracting company, said he felt the problems were not adequately fixed. They put a big band-aid on something that needs to be completely taken apart and rebuilt, he said. The rest of it just looks like sloppy workmanship and no pride in their work. McLean said he hopes Sherman Gardens is able to fix these issues for his family members. His grandfather helped build the complex back in 1971. McLean believes Sherman Gardens is overdue for a well-done renovation, fixing the areas that were built almost 50 years ago. Other than the large concrete ramp that goes into the community center building, everything else was out of compliance, he said. If you're going to do something, try and do it right. Despite the criticisms, Martin said she believes the Housing Authority has been able to take care of the most important issues. We have done a great job on focusing on the important matters like keeping up the four walls. We do, not, we do take questions, comments, concern, and concerns seriously. That's why I have a job. She also mentioned the 24-hour on-call maintenance service that the Housing Authority provides to all residents highlighting if there is ever an issue, someone will be able to help. This is their home, and we're here for them. Leipzig said the Housing Authority takes care of its residents. We take concerns about safety very seriously and care to it immediately. We take great pride in trying to provide quality housing for these residents. With the intention to to renovate, Martin wants to make sure residents are able to live comfortably and safely. With the consultant chosen, the plan for how the future Sherman Gardens could potentially look will be determined in the new year. The Housing Authority has received a grant of $173,000 from Community Preservation Act funds to put towards the redevelopment effort. The Housing Authority wants to build more units to fit the demand of affordable housing in Belmont. Martin says she expects they will begin the process of securing funding for construction after the redevelopment plan is completed and approved in late 2019. The actual construction will be dependent upon securing, securing funding and would not start for approximately three to five years, she said. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. No plastic checkout bags for large retailers starting this Thursday, January 17th by Joanna K. Zuvalis. <coughs> plastic bags will soon be a thing of the past at Belmont retail stores. At least that's what the hopes are of the Belmont Bag Band Group, which formed in the fall of 2017 and helped town meeting pass Belmont's new general bylaw banning plastic checkout bags in retail stores. Starting January 17th, large retailers that are 30,000 square feet or larger, such as Star Market and CVS, will be bagging purchases in paper bags or reusable bags. These larger retailers will no longer be able to supply plastic bags at checkout. Beginning April 17th, all Belmont retail stores, regardless of size, will be required to bag purchases in paper bags or reusable bags. Belmont's recycling coordinator, Mary Beth Kalman, is responsible for enforcing the new general bylaw. According to Kalman, uh, businesses not in compliance with initial uh, will initially receive a written warning, uh, w- a written warning notice, and then followed by a fifty-dollar fine for a first violation, and after a, and after the warning notice, and a two hundred-dollar fine for a second violation, 
and for each subsequent violation. Teresa Hamley, chairman of Sustainable Belmont, is one of the residents uh, who is part of the Belmont Bag Ban Group. Plastic bags don't recycle very well. They're not allowed in uh, curbside uh, recycling and end up in an incinerator or even worse, end up as litter. From litter, they end up in water, ways, and not only clog uh, storm drains and pollute rivers, but when they end up further out at sea, can choke seabirds and other animals in the water, she said. Another hazard of plastic bags that they, is that they degrade into microparticles and are ingested by the food chain, which could also affect humans who are at the top of the food chain. These plastic bags are so unnecessary. They were designed to be used for 30 seconds and, and, and then tossed. Ethically, ethically, that's wrong. Our goal is to get people to use either no bag or reusable shopping bags, said Hammerly. The reusable bags should be sewn with stitch handles uh, designed for reuse, machine washable, and made of natural fibers. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Belmont World Film to host the Family Festival. Belmont World Film Family Festival, Where Stories Come Alive, presented by Jackson Walnut Park School, will celebrate its 16th year January 18 to 21 at the Regent Theater, 7 Medford Street, Arlington, Studio Cinema on 376 Trapello Road, Belmont, and Brattle Theater, 40 Brattle Street, Cambridge. There will be 12 film programs featuring more than 30 top animated and live-action children's films from around the world, many based on children's books and several making their U.S. premieres, plus a live version of WBUR's Circle Round will presented, be presented in English and other languages with subtitles read aloud through headphones from Belgium, Brazil, China, France, Germany, India, Serbia, and the UK, and the US. The festival is supported in part by grants from the Gravestar Foundation, the Mass Cultural Council, and the Cultural Office of the Consulate General of China. In an increasingly multicultural world, parents also recognize the importance of fluency in more than one language, said Belmont World Film Executive Director Ellen Gittleman. So the festival offers children ages 3 to 12 the opportunity to hear and understand multiple languages in a fun and natural way. The films tell rich and unusual stories that don't rely on special effects to create a sense of wonder. Now over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Data breach at McLean Hospital exposes sensitive health information new security and training programs to be implemented by Joanna Kate Suvelis. A press release from the Massachusetts Attorney General on December 19th announced McLean Hospital Corp. in Belmont will implement new training and security programs and pay a total of $75,000 to resolve claims it exposed the personal and health information of more than 1,500 people. According to the complaint filed December 19th, along with a consent judgment in Suffolk Superior Court, McLean lost four in unencrypted backup computer tapes 
containing personal and health information of patients, employees, and the deceased donors of the Harvard Brain Tissue Resource Center. According to the release, the Attorney General's office alleges McLean violated the Consumer Protection Law, the Massachusetts Data Security Law, and the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act when it failed to properly protect patients' personal and health information. The complaint alleges McLean allowed an employee to take home eight unencrypted backup tapes containing clinical and demographic information from the Harvard Brain Tissue Resource Center that the hospital possessed. The tapes contained personal information such as names, social security numbers, diagnoses, and family histories. When the employee was terminated from her position at McLean in May 2015, she only returned four of the tapes, and the hospital was unable to recover the others, according to the release. The complaint also alleges several failures by McLean to identify, assess, and plan for security risks, including failing to properly train employees, report the loss of the tapes in a timely manner, and encrypt portable devices containing personal information. As part of the settlement, McLean has agreed to implement and maintain a written information security program, provide mandatory training to new employees and existing employees on security of personal and health information, encrypt within 60 days all electronic personal and health information in its owned and issued portable devices, and create and maintain an inventory of these devices, according to the release from the Attorney General's office. McLean has also agreed to a third-party audit of the Harvard Brain Tissue Resource Center's use and handling of portable devices containing personal and health information and to report to the Attorney General's office the results of this audit and any corrective measures the hospital will take. In a statement issued to the media, McLean Hospital wrote, Since this incident, McLean has continued to enhance its privacy and security practices and procedures within the brain bank and throughout the research operation. The agreement with the Attorney General represents a continuation of those efforts. Over to you, Bob. Thanks, Max. Belmont Day School's Barn Now Open by Joanna K. Zavallis. There's a new facility in Belmont available for rent for sporting events as well as future classes or functions. It's the Belmont Day School Barn, a brand new 25,000 25, square foot multifunction educational building which includes classrooms, studios, labs for art, woodworking, technology, innovation, athletics, performances, assemblies, and more. Students in Belmont Day's pre-K through 8th grade officially began using the new building upon their return to school after the holiday break on January the 7th. The two-story building has two full-size basketball courts, two ground floor classrooms, a wood shop, and a technology innovation lab. The second floor has two classrooms, studios, and a third flexible classroom space that will evolve as needed for our curriculum and programs. Also on the second floor are a meeting room and an open meeting area on the mezzanine. The barn is the first major campus addition at Belmont Day since the construction of the middle school building in 2002. 
The total cost, uh, the total project cost eleven million, and took about one year to complete. Along with the building, there is a new entrance driveway between six eighty eight Concord Avenue, and the eastern border of the Highland Meadow Cemetery, as well as eight additional parking spaces. According to Brendan Largay, head of the school, the barn's modern, low-impact design by Utah Design features a pre-engineered steel building with airy, sun-filled classrooms, flexible learning and breakout spaces, and a two-court multi-sport gymnasium with multiple garage-style doors to create an indoor-outdoor feel. Construction management throughout the project was led by Shawmut Design and Construction. Additionally, on-campus improvements included two upgraded athletic fields, refurbished tennis and basketball courts, a new driveway, increased parking, and comprehensive landscaping. And now on to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Things to know, two things to know about the Selectmen meeting by Joanna K. Zavellis. One is Public Works Investigating Compact of the Cardboard. More than 275 cars pulled up into the Public Works yard on January 5 to recycle their cardboard. Public Works had two 42-yard containers plus a 10-yard container owned by Public Works. This was the fourth cardboard collection since July 1st. All of the containers were filled. Public Works Director Jay Marcotte believes the amount of cardboard is due to the trend in online shopping. Cardboard is the number one bulk product, he said. Marcotte told the selectmen on January 7 he will investigate a permanent solution to the overflow of cardboard in Belmont and is looking into purchasing or leasing a compactor for cardboard only. All three of the 42-yard containers could have gone in one compactor, he said. Marquardt said he could arrange designated hours for residents to drop off cardboard on a more regular basis if they have a compactor. Two, dockless bike update. Staff planner Spencer Gober gave an update to the selectmen on January 7th on the dockless bike share program which launched in July, part of a 15-community project led by the Metropolitan Area Planning Council, MAPC. Belmont has 34 Lyme bikes, fewer than other communities like Bedford, which has 80. According to Scott Mullen, Lyme New England's Director of Expansion, there is a correlation with the number of bikes deployed in a community and the ridership. Belmont averages 20 rides per day. The selectmen approved increasing the number of bikes deployed in Belmont. The actual number will be determined after Mullen analyzes the data to determine the ridership demand and ability to manage an increased fleet. The MAPC hopes to add electric scooters to the program. However, they must wait for the state to adopt new legislation that would legalize these types of scooters. And now here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Job Seekers Regional Networking Group, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m., first and third Tuesdays, starting January 15th. 
Beach Street Center, 266 Beach Street, Belmont. Cost free. For information, 617-993-2983. This program offers support, training, education, and networking to people 50 and older seeking help with career direction and employment. The group facilitator, Mark Sensky, will present a new topic related to job searches each week. Participants can attend meetings in any regional location. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings around Belmont.